Saudi Arabia is going to invest $50 billion in Africa. Let's discuss. So Saudi Arabia just recently concluded its first ever Saudi Africa summit. And this is a continuation in a series of conferences and summits and functions that have been targeting African leaders and African countries. You saw the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit, the Russia Africa Summit, the China Africa Summit, and you're seeing so many different conferences and functions that are tailored towards uh, courting the influence and the attention of African leaders. And these are all in a response to the so-called China neocolonialism approach in Africa. So many people have accused China of having a neocolonialist approach in Africa. They're taking over Africa. They're making investments in Africa. Uh, they have a lot of holdings and they have a lot of influence over African leaders. So how do we counter that? So you have different countries around the world. I mean, mainly United States, Russia, China, India. Um, India recently, the Prime Minister of India, Prime Minister Modi, pushed for the African Union to have a permanent seat at the G20. And so this was successful. So now the African Union has a permanent seat at the G20. So Saudi Arabia, uh, since the crowning of uh, Mohammed bin Salman, has been looking to expand its influence and expand its sphere of influence beyond the Middle East. And so this conference is a first step in that. So the two priorities for Saudi Arabia is to expand its influence beyond the Middle East, cement itself as a global political player, but then also diversify its economy from its unhealthy reliance on oil. And I say unhealthy reliance because even the Saudis themselves have realized that they're victims of the marsupial oil prices. The oscillation in the oil market has affected them. So they have a sovereign wealth fund worth almost $500 billion. This wealth fund is a fund that they can use to make investments across the world. And one of their target markets is Africa. So we're going to discuss this. First and foremost, we have to remind ourselves, and I was going to talk about this on the show, is that Africa is not a monolith. Africa is a diverse continent with over 54 countries, different cultures, religions, tribes, languages, identities. Africa is not a monolith. So let's remember that. So the people who've attended the summit, you had leaders from Nigeria, South Sudan, Kenya, Uganda, South Africa, Egypt, Gabon. And so this conference targeted a lot of African countries who have been shunned by the West. And there's an article that I'm going to share that it talks about how uh, Saudi Arabia is courting countries in Africa that have been shunned by the West, such as Gabon, the, 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 new, le the new leadership of Gabon that overthrew the, the, the government of Bongo. You see Saudi Arabia really trying to understand what's happening with these countries and give them a sense of legitimacy. So let's analyze this from two perspectives. Let's look at the political perspective and the economic perspective. Now, the economic perspective is the first one to dive into because the economic perspective reinforces the political perspective. Economically, Saudi Arabia has money, very wealthy country, and they want to diversify its economy. And to diversify its economy, it needs to invest in new markets. And Africa is a new market. Africa is a developing market. And Saudi Arabia has said that they don't want to just invest in energy. They want to invest in uh, agriculture, uh, livestock, dairy, pharmaceuticals, uh, power, 
they don't want to just invest oil and gas. They want to invest in different industries in Africa. Economically, by doing this, African countries right now, many African leaders have issues that they're facing, economic issues. You see the coup belt that's taking place with various coups that have taken place. Some of their complaints has been the deteriorating economic situation. And the deteriorating economic situation has been plagued by inflation, lack of hard currency reserves, and lack of economic growth. The example we give of you can look at Nigeria. Nigeria is a country that's recently just liberated. Nigeria recently just re elected a new president, uh, Bola Hamatinobu. And one of the first things that Bola Hamatinobu did was that he liberated the exchange rate. He reduced the fuel subsidies. And these are things that really affected it. So you go to Ghana. Ghana has a debt issue. Ghana currently is doing a debt restructuring with the IMF and looking to restructure most of its debt. Zambia has a debt issue and is working on restructuring its debt. Kenya has debt issues. So many countries are debt distressed. And Saudi Arabia has talked about helping countries get out of debt, paying some of these countries debts. And that's economic power. Economically, in, in the private sector, Africa has hit, hit a bottleneck. To ensure that Africa goes to the next level by becoming a mid by becoming a middle income continent or countries in Africa become middle income countries, they need investment. They need investment in the industrialization sector. And you saw Saudi Arabia's minister talk about this, saying that we want to go to areas where we can focus on not just raw materials, but manufacturing and producing finished products. And what do they mean by that? They mean by instead of coming in there and just farming and growing maize or growing fruits and vegetables they want to come in there and build factories that can process and make to make maize flour they want to come in there and build factories that can make juice that can make uh products value addition products as opposed to the old model which is producing raw materials and exporting these raw materials and importing finished goods by doing this then you can have a sense of vertical integration in these economies that will then allow them to strengthen their currency and strengthen their low their 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 middle class that's that and if you look at the level of investment needed for this there is already an investment gap in africa i mean if you look at the research there's an investment gap in africa and relative to other other countries in the world African countries by percentage are getting less investment as opposed to other developing countries. So Saudi Arabia is addressing that. Now, we were going to get into the political. When we talk about the political, we're going to look at uh, the different influence that Saudi Arabia possesses. Already, Saudi Arabia has, an, has a way into Africa, and this is through the Arab League and through Islam. Saudi Arabia is in the Arab League. It's a leader in the Arab League, and many African countries are in the Arab League. Uh, countries like Egypt, Sudan, Libya, Morocco, uh, Tunisia, uh, Algeria. These are countries who are in the Arab League. Saudi Arabia also has a relationship with countries that are Arab-speaking countries. You have a lot of countries in Africa who Arab is their official language or one of their official languages. And then you have Islam. Every year you see Saudi Arabia receiving tens of thousands of Africans to Mecca for the the pilgrimage and these are coming from African countries so Saudi Arabia is seen as a reliable partner by some of these African countries they're seen as a country that they can work with and they they come with the angle that we are not paternalistic we are not we are not we don't espouse neocolonialism and also we want to work with you as partners because we understand your history and we understand what you're going through 
So we look at what they want to do. So here's some of the things that politically has been happening in Africa. You're seeing a lot of countries having coups, having uh, legitimacy issues where the West is questioning their legitimacy and the West is basically put them as pariah states. Um, many African administrations want funding to revive their struggling economies. And that's political. When you get funding to, to develop your economy, it gives you more power and it gives you more revenue and it gives you more legitimacy. So if you're a leader and your economy is struggling, but you're able to get billions of dollars to help you revive your economy, you're going to create jobs, you're going to create opportunities, and you're going to create more revenue for your country. Politically, African leaders have been shunned by the West. You see this happening more and more. America's sanctions regime has turned off a lot of African leaders, so a lot of African leaders are turning to East. Saudi Arabia can play a role in mediating a relationship between the United States, which is one of its strongest allies, and African countries. Saudi Arabia in the Middle East is America's strongest allies after Israel. I would say Saudi Arabia is America's strongest ally in the Arab and Islamic world. By far, they wield a lot of political influence and they wield a lot of strong relationships in the United States that they can leverage to help some of these African countries with their issues in the United States. And that they can become a conduit for them. And finally, you can look at the influence that Saudi Arabia will get by investing in these African countries. When you invest in somebody's country, when you help pay off their debts, when you fund infrastructure projects and big developmental projects, you get a lot of political influence in return. And this political influence they can leverage on the global stage. This political influence they can leverage when it comes to voting on the United Nations uh, General Assembly. This, uh, this can come when it comes to global political events. And you saw that recently. At the summit, Saudi Arabia called on all African leaders to call for a ceasefire in Gaza. That's one thing. So in conclusion, let's discuss. Is this the right way? Is this fair? Is this neocolonialism? Well, I have the opinion that African countries should work with who serves their interests. And we need to take out of our mind that we should work with the West or we should work with the East. You should work with who serves your interest. Africa is not a monolith. Certain countries have relationships with other countries. Um, countries in Africa, such as Kenya and Ghana, have stronger relationships with the West than countries like South Sudan or Uganda. Some countries have very strong relationships with China. Some countries have investment coming from China, like Guinea-Conakry. Guinea-Conakry right now is getting investment from China to build a mine, one of its largest mines. You are going to have, we have a new global order. And this global order has stated that Africans are non-aligned. And when they're non-aligned, they should make decisions that serve their interests and serve their people. They should not be forced to make decisions that force them into becoming one-sided. We're not in the Cold War. And these are independent, sovereign states. They have a right to work with who they want to work with. And I believe that African countries should prioritize securing investments for developmental projects, securing investment to fight food, food insecurity, securing investment to get support for strengthening the middle class, lifting people out of poverty, and creating jobs. That's what I think. So, share your thoughts. Uh, like and subscribe and thank you for joining us.